0: We're gonna wrap up the series in faith. Three words, God given identity. How many of you know identity is important, right? Identity's important, especially if you get pulled over, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It it, it opens doors for all sorts of things. Your identity, you've got to you've got to show you have in in our instance a valid driver's license, right? To be on the road to uh, apply for a job, to apply for a career, to start a business. You've got to have a form of identification. And today I want to remind us, I really want to encourage us, it's so important that we live from our God-given identity. And I mean not just on the mountaintop, but in every season of our life. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of phrases right now. I'm thinking of words like, I am loved. I am chosen, I am set apart, I have a future, I have a hope, I'm a child of promise that um, (laughs) despite what anybody said, I'm not an accident, but there is intentionality behind my divine design. I mean that to imagine with me, to, to stretch your faith, to stretch your heart to see To dare, should I say this, dare to believe that God has set you apart for such a time as this. That's our plan. That's my agenda this morning because where I want us to end is is to be praying, to be believing God for good things, and to have an outlook on our future, right? To have a forecast that isn't doom and gloom, but it is faith-filled, that we can breathe and live in hope on a daily basis. It's my prayer for you as a pastor. I make no bones about it. That you would step into your God-given identity. Man, that God has not uh, uh, put you here by mistake. Wasn't winging it. I know, come on, we all have those seasons. We're like, God, oh, you sure? <laughs> you sure now is the time? Or you? You know... But the reality is it, it's true. And all throughout the day, you've got, also got to understand that, that, that while our prayer, our hope, is that you would be playing that right recording in your mind, those good words of your life, you also got to understand that the enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. Many times, before the battleground is in the physical, it's taken place in the spiritual. It's taken place in the inner man or the inner woman. It's a wrestling match. Could, could we actually believe? Could we actually declare that God does have a future for me? Yeah. That he does label me beloved? Because I think about some of the times the enemies whispered things. These, I can say, I've felt them personally. Think of this phrase, you don't measure up. You're worthless. You're weak. Your life has no meaning. I can tell you, maybe not in here, but I can promise you outside of these four walls, the enemy is wreaking havoc in homes. There were ladies and men waking up this morning. They rolled over. They hit snooze. I know that might be you, but hear me. They hit snooze. They don't have God on the mind. They don't have purpose on the mind. When they think about their future, it's blank. It's the enemy. In a practical way, you've got to understand, in a practical way, he wants to wreak havoc in this area, and in in the area of our identity. And so um, today, good news, I have experience with rewiring the the inner wires of the mind, of the heart. And God has taken me on a journey. I remember an uncomfortable conversation a pastor friend of mine had with me, um, going on about eight, eight or so years ago now. And uh, it, it was one of those, you know, comfortable from their end, but uncomfortable from my end. And I remember him just just talking on the phone, and he just said, Paul, I said, man, you really have a poverty mindset, poverty way of thinking. I said, man, I'm so glad we called each other today. I said, man, this is great. This is great. Just keep going. And... Uh, he, he, fair play, he wasn't that bold. He wasn't that uh, intense. But he said, man, some of the way you're talking, it's, 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 it's coming across. Your identity is leaking, Paul. There's, there's a way you're talking. There's a forecast you're bringing like you're unsure of where you stand with God. Like, like you're questioning whether he's appointed you and anointed you and assigned you for the task at hand. You, you, you living under par instead of above. You're living as a victim and not as a victor. I said, man, this is great. This is good. And I got off just buzzing. You know, just so excited. All the feels. <laughs> A.K.A. all the conviction. But come on, truth has a way, doesn't it? It has a way of making us aware And then, if we're bold enough, if we're humble enough, I say this in humility, if we're humble enough to partner with God, to dare to believe, think on this. Your problems, you're tackling them according to your identity. Every issue you're facing right now, you're either attacking it in strength, with hope, with resilience. Or there's a chance, like me, you may just be fumbling forward, hoping for the best, but man, your circumstances are loud and painful. I want to kind of clear that up for you. I want to be that cheerleader for you today, cheering you on to step into all that God has for you. You say, well, where am I getting that from? I'm glad you asked. The Holy Spirit, check, but also the Word of God people of Israel faced a similar journey. Listen, if you're looking for a mirror to look into, you've gotta be reading God's word. You need to be rooted in the story of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, good luck, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Man, you've gotta be breathing that in because here's the thing, those are our older brothers and sisters. Those are our mothers and fathers in the faith. Their journey is our journey. Listen, if you're in Christ, I know we're all Gentiles here for the most part. Uh, (laughs) Not Gentiles in a negative sense. I'm just talking practical. The the Word of God, will call it Greeks. Don't read deeper into that. Pastor, just called me a Gentile. Listen, (laughs) national identity. Let me say that, okay? You're not, unless you are a Jew, you're not a Jew, and so you've been grafted in. And I'll say this. We got a lot to learn. And so the Old Testament, the First Testament, if you will, the story speaks to our lives. You will find, I promise you, almost every difficulty you're facing right now, people of Israel have been through it. They done did all the mistakes you're thinking about doing. They already did them. And they speak and declare to us. And so pivotal piece of Israel's history happens in the desert. It's between Egypt. Between the promised land, it happens in the desert or the wilderness region. Moses was raised up and he delivered, with God's help, obviously, um, Israel from the Egyptians. And he's bringing them into this promised land, this land of Canaan, where God says, listen, I'm going to hook you up with homes you didn't build. I'm going to give you cattle you didn't raise. I'm going to give you a region just because I'm that good. And so, that sounds great to us. Sounds wonderful. And so things really start hitting the ground. The book of Numbers chapter 13, Moses is commanded by God, hey, get these 12 tribes. Get a leader from every tribe. Moses goes, done. God goes, send them into the promised land for 40 days to figure out what's going on, to get a strategy, to look at the land, see if it is not true that it flows with milk and honey. So the spies are like, yeah, boy. And they go on in. They're visiting the promised land for 40 days. They come back and they bring a report. And the report, you've heard me say this the last several weeks, 10 of them got it wrong. Two of them got it right. What's the difference? One word. Identity. Identity. The most humorous verse in Numbers 13 and 14 is also the most significant verse in Numbers 13 and 14. Numbers 13, verse 33. You never thought you'd see a day when leadership or fighting warrior minded men would make such a statement. But here's what they said. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Ouch. God, God can do a lot through grasshoppers. Let's just get that out of the way. But he can't do a whole lot through humans who see themselves as grasshoppers. I mean, like, if you come back with anything, at least have a little faith. These guys, no. We appeared as grasshoppers in their eyes and in our own eyes. To state the obvious, this major moment could be summed up like this. Their identity limited their future. Just think about that for a moment. Their identity limited their future. You can only get so far with a fake ID. You might get in once. You might get in twice. But that third time, you'll be arrested. Amen, somebody. I mean, your fake ID will only get you so far if you don't have the right credentials and think about that spiritually listen here's a beautiful thing about being in the community of faith and a faith filled dream big culture you you can borrow one another's faith you can be an encouraged and you can be an encourager for sure but you can be encouraged you can be equipped you can steal somebody else's testimony it's not a bad thing thou shalt not steal I guess except when it comes to testimonies thou shalt steal if he did it for them he can do it for you so you, you get all this you get this all going on come on but then what do we do when we go home and, and, and our daughters are screaming because they're hungry your belly's screaming because it's hungry and then there's an argument and then there's frustration and all of a sudden that soaring high faith begins to like a, like a balloon that got popped. Just shrink, shrink, shrink. We have to be sure of our identity for ourselves. It's a wrestling match. Jacob, one of the fathers of our faith, before this story, Jacob wrestled overnight. Well, what was the wrestling match all about? The wrestling match was all about identity. He went from being called Jacob to being called Israel. Oftentimes, the desert leaves you a little wounded. It leaves you with a limp, but that's okay because you're stepping into the promises God has for you. But it redefines. It redefines what happens in the wrestling match overnight. I'm just seeing this. Jacob got hit with his, uh, uh, on his hip. It's what he needed. I don't know what happens in your wrestling match over identity in the night, but it's what you need with God. Nobody can wrestle God for you. You got to do that. You have to. And what it is, it's a picture. It's a wrestling of our identity. Because Jacob, for his whole life, was a deceiver. He was striving. He was a thief. He was always trying to get ahead. God had to knock that hip socket, give him a little limp, so that he would live relying on God to do the work, on God to make the way, on God to lead the way. But that identity, we need to wrestle to the ground. Because if we don't, I just, let me say this, it will limit your future. If you never step into your God-given identity, if you continue to look through the mirror of your past and label somebody spoke over you, addictions maybe you wrestled with, listen, there's a time in every believer's life you have to move away from simply a sinner saved by grace. I know that's maybe not the favorite thing for people to hear. But listen, I just don't buy into, man, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Of course you are. That goes without saying, somebody. But what about this? I'm a son. I'm a daughter. And that God God knows the plans he has for me. And I'm full. I, I, I can walk in abundant life, in abundant promise. Every problem is an opportunity. It's just disguised. Every promise is just disguised as a problem. We've got to be willing. We only see that. We only step into that when we're secure on the ground we stand on, when we are sure are of identity in Christ. And there's no bones. You cannot escape Numbers 14, 29 through 31. Like this is legitimate consequences. Legitimate, the New, King, the New King James translation, it says at the beginning of chapter 14, it says Israel refuses to step into the promised land. The NIV and the NASB, they just say the people rebel. What is that? They're rebelling. God, here's what he does. Listen, this, I, know I'm, I know I'm flirting with some deep, deep stuff here, but listen, listen, God knows how to get your identity going. He gives you a ridiculous promise, something so big, so large, something so unorthodox and and, and extraordinary. And he says, Here's what's going to happen. You got to change, else you'll never get there. You got to shift. You got to lay some sin down, baby. You got to shift your way of thinking. That poverty mindset, listen, that serves you for a season, not long, (laughs) but it. Not really serves you, but I'm being nice. So you've got to change. You've got to change. You've got to shift. You've got to move. And so here's what he's saying to the people of Israel. Oh, grasshoppers, are we? Okay. Well, grasshoppers don't need much. Grasshoppers can, can sometimes thrive in the desert. You hang out here for 40 years, and none of y'all under 20 going to go into the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. I mean, that's the consequences. It's the consequences of not stepping in to identity. That's the comfortable way of saying it. Let's read Numbers 14, 29, and 31. It says, "...the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness." All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. But your little ones, whom you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. Let me connect the dot for us. Our identity can limit our future. Israel's identity limited their future. Our identity can limit our future. It happens. Let's just be honest. It happens. When disappointments, when defeats take place, we can almost subconsciously grasp onto an identity that God never wanted us to grab hold of. We can can become victims of circumstance. We can become victims and labels of words or experiences that are projected under our soul. And the enemy knows that if we can embrace that identity, we can hit (laughs) repeat Faster than even he can. And we just play on it, play on it, play on it. I think of some tragic labels that, listen, if this registers with you, just say, thank you, God, for setting me free. But I think about labels I've, I've, I've seen people embrace. Addict, thief, adulterer, divorced, failed business owner, a sickness, a failed ministry. Listen, you need to hear loud and clear. You are not your worst mistake. God does not label you on your worst day. He labels you by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's fine to have feelings for a moment. Man, I wish I could rewrite all that. And don't we all? But listen, you don't have to rewrite anything. God alone is writing his story. What he wants from us is our obedience and our faith to trust him, even in the negative and the disappointment and the frustration. Not to have in our mind, well, I wish that had worked out differently. If only I was that person then. No, you have the present and you have the future. Don't live from the mirror of your past. I mean, come on. Let's just shoot straight. Mirrors are powerful things. Amen. Amen. I know some of y'all n- never seen a mirror. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, mirrors are. <laughs> come on. I knew you would get there. Listen, it just took a minute. You know I'm jo- You know I'm joking. But mirrors are powerful things. When we look in a mirror, no matter how much time we spend there, we see our reflection. And it helps establish our identity, right? My prayer is that no matter what you see, you walk in confidence, that you walk in hope, that you can trust. Man, this outside may be doing something, but in the inside, it's good. Let's talk for a moment on the inside mirrors we're all looking at every day. Israel was looking through the mirror of their past. Every time they woke up, even though God had done miracles, signs, and wonders and shifted them out of Egypt and through supernatural means began to establish them and desire to rewire them, they were still rooted in tyranny. They were still rooted as slaves. They were still rooted and could perhaps sense the scars that were on their back from the whips of the Egyptians. And all of that had so imprisoned and impressed upon their soul. And in the wrestling match between wilderness and promised land, they chose wilderness. God says, man, by a mighty outstretched hand, I saved you. Miriam and Moses, they're DJing the party on the side of the Red Sea. And man, it's all, this is amazing, this is amazing. And all of a sudden... Shortly thereafter, every need God meets. Every need God meets. And yet, and yet, they still refuse to see themselves in their God-given identity. And so God has to really, if you see it, wait a couple generations. He has to wait at least one generation, almost, you could, you could argue, almost two generations before the people were ready to step into the promised land. You had to rewire. My prayer for you is that we just be willing. We just be bold. We just, we just choose to believe. Man, I am a son. I am a daughter. Man, I can't see it now, but I... Hey, you may, this may be your starting place. I can't see it now, but praise God, there's a budget for me that works. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hey, next step. God, I thank you. There's a budget. There's a budget. With savings, that works. Man, there's a budget with giving, that works. Thank you, God. There's a there's a blessed that I can proceed to bless and care for others, that works. Man, God, I, I see there's a season. I, I know I'm struggling with this addiction, but I see, God, I'm not an addict trying to get free. I'm a free man who's just knocking off some addiction in Jesus' name. And Listen, God, I, I, I might be single, but I know. Delilah, no, not Delilah. Sarah is coming in Jesus' name, okay? Just just, hey, just making sure you're with me. So I'll be honest, I, I, I mean this. Let me let me let me peel back even. I know God has called for us to be a life-speaking church in this community. Life speaking church that we would raise up people to have faith, to believe that God can do amazing things. I think about King David. Come on, you're familiar with King David. Had a, had a tragic fall. Had a tragic fall. And yet in the New Testament it records, David is a man after God's own heart. Don't let a moment define your life. You're not your worst mistake. The scripture will use some terminology. The apostle Paul identifies these lies as strong holds strongholds have a strong hold strongholds have a strong hold on our identity and God has to break those off oftentimes he does it when we wish he wouldn't aka self-pity God comes in dude you you sound like a victim Man, you sound like you got some poverty mentality. Man, I'm I'm just so glad we're talking today. (laughs) That phone call I was sharing about—he does it with people who won't jump on the self pity train. He does it with a pastor. You're just like, man, Super Bowl Sunday. When you gonna end? He does it in times that you may not predict and may not warrant. But God breaks in and breaks through and says, embrace, step into your God-given identity. Live as a daughter. Live as a son. Live as beloved. Listen, prodigal, you may be a prodigal. I understand that, but you're beloved. You're not perpetually going to be a prodigal. You're beloved. You're not a sinner perpetually no 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 i mean let's be honest like you ought to be growing like milk's good we all need some milk but come on have you had a ribeye before there is no going back (laughs) spiritually speaking as we embrace our god-given identity we begin to step listen john 10 10 jesus comes that we might have life and life abundantly but it comes with a cost Are you willing to be healed? Are you willing to throw off that self-pity, that false yoke of shame? I mean, because I'll tell you this, we're not encouraging you to live with it. Hit delete. Shut the enemy's mouth up. He wants to, man, he just wants you discouraged, depressed, defeated. You have permission to say, delete. Man, that's a, where is that thought coming from? Shut down. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, you have permission to do it aloud while you're driving. I don't know. Whenever you need to. Swipe right, man. Delete that text in Jesus' name. That ain't... <laughs> what are they doing calling me up? <laughs> Delete. It's a powerful tool. And here's, here's what, again, I get back to all the way back to the beginning of this faith series. We walk by it. We walk by it. We walk by faith, not by sight. It's just a radical shift, but it's so small. It's just a little subtle. Here it is. Problems. Opportunities. The old way of dealing with problems. Oh, God. The new way of dealing with problems. Oh God, oh, this has some real potential. You, could you could you get a glimpse of the size of the promise that must be attached to this problem, somebody? Yeah. I'm gonna call up a friend so they can hang around this problem with me, because they're gonna be jealous if they don't have a problem. <laughs> they're gonna be like, you know, I got nothing to do, man. We need it, we need. But I say that. I say that genuinely. Listen, we've been discipled. All our lives we've been discipled. Whether we wanted to or not, our parents discipled us. You're like, I didn't have parents. Your grandmama, your grandpa, those guardians, they were discipling you, and they didn't, a lot of times they didn't know any better. But if they're not sure in their God-given identity, there's a good chance you weren't given your God-given identity. And so you have to wrestle that to the ground. You don't live by their faith. No, you step into your own and can trust God. And these strongholds, man, they're not, to be, they're not to be toyed with. They're to be taken seriously. And Paul would say in 2 Corinthians, you know this, in chapter 10, he says, man, we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. It's not like we take every thought captive and we're just some uh, Eastern meditation New Age junk. I'm just emptying my mind. I'm just taking these thoughts that stress me out captive. Mm, No, you're not doing that. We take a thought captive and we got a place for it to go. It's going to have to bend its knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And we have permission to take fear. I know what fear looks like. Sometimes my advice is, do it afraid. But nonetheless, you take that fearful thought and you say, Lord, what do you say about this? What can you do about this? And you wait and you pray and you trust and you take that promise to the story of Israel and you see, man, time after time after time after time, God rewrote, rewired the people's stories. But it all came down to identity. It all came down to identity. I think of our behavior. Our behavior, let's just talk as people that's what we are our behavior is written down in our identity can i can i step on your toes i mean it's going to be quick real quick real quick real quick when you say so and so stresses me out that's your problem i have not seen Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, you get to say, so and so stresses me out. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's gonna come and he's gonna be wise counsel. He's gonna be comfortable. Let me quote Graham Cook, because that'll be more comfortable for all of us, so I'm not stepping on your toes. Graham Cook says, you have no rights to be offended or hurt. Through the Holy Spirit, our rights are to be healed and whole. Doesn't mean we don't have to walk through the hurt, the pain. Don't misread me. Oh, you've got to walk through there. But there's a forecast of healing, of wholeness, of peace, of joy, of unity, of encouragement, of life that happens. This. Part of God's word over our life. Part of his promise over our life. But here's what happens. I can't jump into your mind and thank God you can't jump into my mind and snap or break those strongholds for me. And I can't for you. We have to partner with God to take every thought captive. And Israel, listen, Israel's main identity was grasshoppers. When they found and faced their giants, grasshoppers. I've heard several people say along the years, man... until God is bigger than your giant, you're going to continue to be overwhelmed by your giant. And so the thing to do is to picture your giant overshadowed by God. And while you're at it, let God have a big grin on his face. (laughs) I mean, because here's the deal, and God bless him, our culture reinforces the giants in the land. I mean, Lord, I can't work out without having 16 different products to buy before the time my workout's over. I was working out just yesterday, man, having a blast, listening to my worship music, you know, just elliptical. It's going. And all of a sudden, it's like, fight migraines with Botox. It's like, yeah. Oh, they're doing that now. That's great. It's like, oh, okay. Athletic greens. Don't eat enough veggies? Get athletic greens. They will help. And it's just product after product. After product, after, and I couldn't change the channel because they didn't have it on. They don't have it on the elliptical, so I'm I'm a victim to what all these channels are playing. It's like I got, I got my my, my Winter Olympics over here. I got ESPN over here. I got I don't know some drama over here and some news over here. And I'm just I'm just kind of sitting, and I have to always peel back. You know, ESPN is, is extra holy. There's something about just good old sports. <laughs> Good old sports. I just need some good old sports. But what I'm going to say, man, when you go throughout the workplace, they're just, everybody's on a different channel in your life. And they're wanting to sell you or push something different. They have their way of facing fear. Listen, you don't need a partner with them. You need a partner with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. You are here. Listen, you're here. Let me encourage you. You, you are breaking some generational habits by being here. You're breaking some generational habits. Some of you, your parents, they're not in church. They want nothing to do with church. Some of you, your family is far from God. I guess what? You're rewiring. You're stepping forward. It's a beautiful picture of what God is doing in and through our lives. Paul encourages the Ephesians, and then we'll end. Paul encourages the Ephesians. This is an age-old battle. I'm not, you're not the first person to... Have to wrestle their identity to the ground. Every generation has to again take up the mantle of their God given identity. Unfortunately, it's not passed on through the bloodline. We have to train ourselves, as Paul says. And in Ephesians chapter 4, 20 through 24, he says this But you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, here it is, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your... That's all we've been talking about, that inner man. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul is inviting these Ephesians to see themselves the way God has created them. Paul's not writing, say, here's 10 tips on how to disciple your old man. No. One tip, throw it off and step into the new man. Let me ask you, do you see yourself as a new man? As a new woman, do you see yourself as a son or a daughter of the living God? We want to be a church. I mean this. Part of our vision, we want to be a church that rallies around how God sees you. How God has wired you. How God has, through all of the heartaches, through all of the pain, through all of the difficulties and disappointments, and through all the healing that he's bringing you through, guess what? You just found your ministry, somebody. That healing is what will be used to heal other people, to save other people. What are you doing? You're speaking your God-given identity. You're pulling people up out of that old man into their new man and releasing them over them. And this ground, it's taken by faith. It's taken by faith And a word we don't love to hear, discipline. Most of us can have faith for five minutes. But can you have it for five years? 50 years? You can. You can. But it takes discipline. I want to give you a new discipline. Super Bowl Sunday, man, we got some free cookies for you. And guess what? Some free disciplines for you. So let me end. (laughs) You have a God-given identity. You may have no idea what it is. We want to help you. We want to help you. We've got these in the back. Take this with you. I don't care. Leave it in your car. And when you get in your car the morning to go to work, grab it. Read them. I am alive in Christ. I am chosen. I'm a child of God. I am joyful. I am gentle. I'm not easily offended and will not hold on to bitterness. I am patient. I am faithful. I am self-controlled. I am kind. I have a good future. I have a sure foundation in God. I am strong. I am fearless. I am secure. I am steady. I am named by God, not labeled by man. I am the light of the world. I am mighty in His power. I am forgiven. I am whole. Begin to hit those on repeat. I had it in my notes, but I didn't share it earlier. That pastor on the call, he didn't give me much. Welcome to growth in the Lord. (laughs) Some things work for me. They're not going to work for other people. So I'm kind of glad he didn't. Sometimes the awareness is all the nudge we need. Amen, somebody? I couldn't tell you that was all the nudge I needed. I started reading books by some life-giving pastors who are so optimistic, it is brutally annoying for the song. (laughs) Started being very careful of what I listened to. Started being very careful of what I watched. Started being very careful of my Spotify account. Some stuff is just stupid. You don't need it. It does nothing for your faith. And it's it's okay. Listen, it may not be politically correct, but you can call stupid, stupid, all right? And they're just some things, your, your, your insides don't need to be hearing, don't need to be reading, don't need to be watching. And I just got on a faith diet, somebody. Just, just, just faith after faith after faith after faith. And I just began. I borrowed these from Pastor Craig Rochelle. And so I had a whole thing on my phone. I'd make my coffee, I'd go upstairs in our guest room, I'd sit there. And before I dove into the Word, before I even dove into my prayer time, I just, on my phone, I was like, I am a child of God. Yes, I am a son. And it was on repeat, repeat. I'm not talking one day. I'm talking like a year. I didn't even feel like it some days. But aren't you glad? We don't, we don't run on feelings. We run on the word of God over life. Because here's what I needed. I needed that voice in my life. Why not take the scripture like we laid it out for you. All of these can be rooted in scripture or are rooted in scripture. Began to speak that over my life. Began to speak that over my life. And I noticed something. I started smiling a lot more. I started being joyful. I got my peace back, somebody. That's worth the price of admission right there. I got my hope back. I cried a lot less. I had a lot more good cries. I started walking with a sense of just God's grace in my life. Nobody handed it to me. I had a partner with God. It was always true. It was always part of the promise. But God's looking at me, and he's like, hey, how long are you going to hang out being a grasshopper? Listen, one thing grasshoppers look like, they look comfortable. Actually, that's not true, but (laughs) nothing comfortable about it. But it's easy. Israel was comfortable with those clothes on. We know how to be a grasshopper. We know how to be a grasshopper. That, that, that's what we're comfortable with. Sometimes, sometimes you got that shame and you had it around so long that, man, it just, it just got comfortable. And God's like, look, 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 look. In Jesus' name, you can hang that up. You can just put it right over there. You don't have to be shaped. Don't worry, I'm not taking that. <laughs> That's a one-off illustration, somebody. <laughs> hey, all I know is some of you were dozing off. You just came back in the game, didn't you? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I mean that though. <laughs> so, always practice your examples before you speak. All right. That one was on the fly. Forgive me. No. But I mean that legitimately. I'm I'm I mean that. I mean that. I've 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 pastored For for many years now, all of our behavior is rooted in our identity. And I just want you to know, if this is the only place you hear it, know that God loves you. Know that God has a good future for you. And know that that moment where you become born again, you don't even realize all of what that entails. You need to know that that moment that you prayed, Lord, forgive me. Here's my life. God says there is the most amazing party happening in heaven. Like you may be like, I'm just at the end of my bed. Nope, nobody's around me. Heaven, if you could listen in, is at decibel 150. <clears throat> because they know your identity is transformed and changed forever. That you're no longer lost. You're found. You're no longer broken. You're being made whole. You're no longer an addict. You're being set free. Now You may not step into all that in the moment, but God sees you in that light. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. It's called being justified. How? By faith, somebody. And that same faith is what takes us into all the promises God has for us. And I don't know. I know identity's huge for me. Because that's a big part. Man, I, I, I've struggled with low self esteem. Man, more than you, you would even want me to keep going. You don't want me talking about all that. And I've struggled with self confidence. I know what it's like to look in the mirror. Well, I've never known that. But look at the mirror inside and feel, man, weak, unworthy, frail, broken, no future. But then God cracked in. My prayer is that in this season of your life, God keeps breaking in, breaking in, breaking in. The Holy Spirit, maybe he wakes you up. You're like, why am I awake? I just wanted to talk. Your dreams are too small. What about that business you didn't start? What about that role you never stepped into? What about that career you talked yourself out of? What about that relationship that you've been believing for? My prayer is that God continues to break in and that you live with a sense of impending goodness over your life and over your future. Let's pray.